Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine Sunday afternoon in January? I just celebrated my birthday yesterday, so now we're both legally adults, technically. I still have to register to vote and everything, but did buy a lottery ticket yesterday. Didn't win anything, uh, so <laughs> nothing to invest in the podcast. But, uh, yeah, how's, how's, how's life been treating you this week, Grandpa? Well, it's been awesome. Um, we, get, we have so much to go through. You, you know, when we started doing these podcasts, which is well, – we're starting our third year – you figure, yeah. well, January, what the heck is there to talk about? And we're, well, there still is a lot to, to talk about Husker football, but all the other sports, it's just, man, it's just never, never ceases. And that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And yeah. And, uh, I just want to thank everyone for still listening and everything. I know that the, it, it might seem like, oh, Husker football is done. And that's the main thing that Husker fans think about 24 seven, but, um, you guys are still listening, downloaded everything, and we appreciate it a lot it, when it when it comes to these months where it seems like it's dead, but we actually got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We'll we'll talk some Husker football here. We're going to talk some Jim Harbaugh uh, with the news that broke this week concerning him, um, and we're talk some spring game stuff, and then we'll get into some basketball and then baseball and softball news, which start soon as well. Um, which we'll start talking about that more and more in the coming weeks. Uh, and then if we have time, we're going to talk about some of the NFL playoff games. Of course, conference championship games are going on today. That's why we're, we're recording at uh, 12 o'clock instead of 1 o'clock <laughs> Mountain Time so that uh, Grandpa and I can watch those games. All right. Let's get started with the biggest news of the week, I guess, uh, it, when it when it comes to Big Ten football, is Jim Harbaugh's leaving Michigan for the Los Angeles Chargers in the NFL. Um. The, both the coaches that played for the national championship this season, Kalen DeBoer and Jim Harbaugh, now have new two new jobs. Um, the new head coach at Michigan is Sharon Moore. Uh, Sharon Moore, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, but he was the guy that took over for Harbaugh in the, as the interim head coach when Harbaugh was in his suspensions at the beginning of the season and the end of the season, both for four games. Um, <clears throat> so I think that... I mean, I can kind of see why he'd want to jump ship, but I, I don't know. I feel like Harbaugh's built this thing at Michigan, and it's kind of – I mean, I don't know how many recruits they're losing and all that kind of stuff due to this, but Sharon Moore is probably the best option for um, the replacement at Michigan just because it keeps intact a lot of the staff. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that uh, – the Michigan's DC is going to be leaving for the chargers as well, that he apparently the DC, I, I think his name's uh, Zach Zinter, I believe is his name uh, has told multiple players on Michigan, apparently uh, that he's going to the chargers. He just hasn't actually signed yet. So we'll see where that goes, but what are your thoughts on this grandpa? It's kind of interesting to see a coach that wins a national championship game, uh, leaves their program the year after the, the last time this happened, I believe it was Tom Osborne retiring uh, after the 1997 championship with Nebraska. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan here, Grandpa? Especially timing wise. Well, I don't think it came as a huge su surprise. I think people were th thinking that he had a he, he's done everything at, at Michigan. I mean, he won a national championship. He beat Ohio State three years in a row. I mean, what else is there to to accomplish? Um, 
And uh, so, and I, Moore seems like the logical choice there. That's who uh, uh, Harbaugh lobbied for. And I'm sure that, yeah. that played a big part. But, um, you know, I guess it's, it's a little, um, maybe it shouldn't be surprising because he didn't win. He was, he took his team to the Super Bowl, but they didn't win. So I'm thinking he's, you know, probably thinking, well, I won a, a national championship at college and now I want to get a Super Bowl. And it, it, that's a, you know, he's what, 60 years old, something like that. Great. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, and But it wasn't that he has to prove that he can be a successful coach in the NFL because he already has right. done that. So right. it'll, he, he'll be, he's a winner. He's a, he's everywhere he's been, he's been a winner. So, uh, you know, just yeah. I'm sure. I, I, we will never know, I suppose, what part the NIL and transfer portal played in, uh, in his decision because college is, this is, this is a whole different animal. And you got to yeah. figure that Nick Saban down in Alabama may have decided to re retire. Of course, he's older. He's 72. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited for Harbaugh. I'm not a big fan of his, but certainly he can coach. Yeah, he definitely can. You're right. He's won everywhere he's been, and it's not about proving. Can you win in the NFL? It's not a Matt Rule situation coming from Baylor, first opportunity in the NFL. Uh, as you said, Jim Harbaugh's been to a Super Bowl. He's been virtually everywhere you could be in the National Football League uh, when it comes to end-of-season stuff with teams. Um, but uh, he also did play for the, for, uh, for, sorry, for the Chargers. Um in the NFL during his uh, playing career. So that might have a little bit to do with it too, of just giving back to a, a, a organization that gave him a lot um, when it came to his playing time. So I, I think it just lined up well that the chargers had a vacancy. Um, he was kind of looking to achieve something higher than a national championship. He'd done everything. As you said, he's done everything he can, every, everything he could at Michigan. He beat Ohio state three times. He beat Michigan state a bunch, won a national championship, got to, two or three playoff games, I guess, counting the national championship or sorry, that'd be four playoff games. But anyway, um, yeah, he's just done a lot. And I, he's not a guy that strikes me as someone that will just be content with just kind of achieving everything that he's something that he's already achieved. I guess um, he, he kind of is someone that's always looking for the next challenge or the next big thing. Uh, and, and I mean, every season in college football is you have to reset because your team's different. All the other teams around the country are different, especially as you, as you're saying, grandpa with NIL and the transfer portal, making everything just crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much that played into a decision. And, and as you said, I don't think we'll ever know unless he comes out and speaks about it later, but with Saban too, that's probably a good thing. I didn't think about that either about him just not being able to keep up anymore, uh, with, with all the recruiting, it takes young coaches and we're seeing that in college football, especially now with Kalen DeBoer's not that old. Um, <clears throat> some of these other coaches aren't that, aren't that old as well uh, when it comes to college uh, coaches as well. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll definitely be following the Chargers a little bit more closely than I did this year. Um, I, I do like Justin Herbert, so that's kind of a nice plus there. That, but uh, we'll see. They could turn it around. They got a lot of talent there, and I think Har I believe in Harbaugh, and I think he's a great coach. And, um, but yeah, so that was that was pretty interesting when it comes to <clears throat> big news in the Big Ten this week. Uh, let's talk some spring game. Actually, sorry, let's talk Chubba Purdy. We talked to him before last week, I believe last week on, on our last episode, 
We talked about Chuba transferring to San Jose State, uh, but he is going to Nevada instead now. Um, after it, and and we said, oh, I wonder if you'll actually stay at San Jose State. We're kind of surprised that he's going there, even after the coaching change. Um, and turns out that we had, were rightfully surprised <laughs> that he would go there, and he was just as surprised. Uh, so he left. Uh, he's going to Nevada now, uh, which is a member of the Mountain West. So is San Jose State, obviously. So uh, if if uh, Nevada comes to CSU anytime next year, I guess I could go see him play maybe. But uh, Nevada was two and ten last year. They desperately need a quarterback. They've they've gone from a program that is used to getting to bowls. Uh, Nevada, Colin Kaepernick, um, <clears throat> a lot of other, some other uh, less heralded NFL talent. Uh, coming from Nevada, but they've just kind of fallen off a cliff as of late. And uh, and Chubba's hopefully part of that rebuild. And that's what's nice about the transfer portal is you get these guys that are talented that can come to a different school and hopefully turn their season around a little bit. But, Grandpa, what are you thinking about? What, what are your thoughts on Chubba going to Nevada now as of San Jose State, instead well, of San Jose State? Well, if he'd have gone to San Jose State, they brought in um, former Naval uh, head co- Navy head coach, uh, and I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. But he at, at Navy, he ran the triple option. And you can just you can hear the skid marks coming from Chubba Purdy like, whoa, I'm not a, I'm not an option quarterback. I'm not going there. So uh, and I, I checked the roster at at, uh, at uh, Nevada and they need a quarterback. Uh, they I went through their all the players, I think they had about four quarterbacks and none of them was seemed to be, you know, of any consequence. So I think Chubba has an excellent chance of going in there and starting and I'll, I'll be following him. I I'd like him. I think he was, he played really well for Nebraska last year. Wish he would have been healthy the whole year, probably would have been the starter um, yeah. after, after the Colorado game. So uh, going to be exciting. It's just, you almost need a, a program to keep track of all the, the movement that coaches. And, <laughs> and, yeah, no and, kidding. And then going back to uh, to the uh, Alabama, you know, Ken DeBoer leaving Washington and Harbaugh leaving Michigan, that I don't that is never I don't believe, unless some listeners out there that that's ever happened before that and you mentioned Tom Osborne, he retired. That's a different thing. These right. two guys played for the national championship, their teams did. And neither one of them will be the head coach, and neither one of them retired. They're at different football programs. And I've asked some of my other football buddies uh, if they could recall that ever happening, and and we're just scratching our head. Then um, again, maybe some listeners out there will be able to, you know, point us in the right direction. But I, I think that's unprecedented. And you think about it, it's, it sounds crazy. If you if you're uh, Kalen DeBoer, hey, we just want one more crack at the national championship. Well, he's going down to Alabama, and you know, just a couple of years ago, he was he was coaching for University of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I mean, making chump change, and now he's what twelve million dollars a year. Yeah, <laughs> a million dollars a month. Jeez. Holy cow! Where do I sign up for that? Of course, I don't. I wouldn't want the, all the work that goes with that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. And and when it comes to the Tom Osborne thing, yeah, that's different. He did retire, and it wasn't both coaches leaving. That that statistic that I saw uh, was just a list of coaches that have left 
their programs after yeah. winning a national championship. There's been like six in all of college football history going back to like 1930. So really? it, it's a very rare thing to happen. Right. And, and right. Uh, it, it, it makes sense. Why would you leave after you just won a national championship? Like yeah. That's like the best time to be a coach of a team because you have the most job security. You've reached the highest point you can get to. Now, uh, why would you leave? But as we talked about with Harbaugh, he always just wanted to chase that next step. Um, and if, yeah, if, if, if there's a time that both those coaches, both two coaches uh, whose teams played in the national championship have left the following year, but there's uh, not retired. I don't know either way, but if you want to hit us up over on X, uh, we have a, we have an X account at HBT, HBT Huskers pod, or you can email us at HBTH podcast at protonmail.com or huskerdan at cox.net uh, for either of those. So, um, let's talk some spring game stuff. Now they came up with details for when the game's going to be, uh, timing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so the spring game is going to be April 27th, 11 AM. Uh, and that is, is that, uh, that is central time. I would assume. Yeah. Um, so 12, 12, uh, Eastern. And, uh, the reason that there's an earlier kickoff, usually the spring games, like a 3 PM, uh, Eastern time kickoff, uh, for Nebraska is they want to accommodate the Husker baseball and softball games. They're going to be played later that day. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I guess there are going to be way more people at the spring game than there will be at the softball and baseball games combined. I can guarantee you that, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe they're hoping that they'll have spillover crowd, uh, from the spring game who are just, Oh, let's go to lunch. And then we can go to the softball game or the baseball game or whatever, uh, that later that day after the spring game. But, uh, grandpa, we got to talk, but I think the plan is that you and I are going to go to that together again. Um, so we'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, if, if anyone wants to meet us, we'll, we'll be happy to talk <laughs> with you guys <laughs> there. Um, yeah, and, yeah. uh, but we'll get, we'll get you guys more details for when we'll be out there and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but your thoughts on the spring game, I mean, it's, it's my, set my anything. Own- I mean, we'll talk more about it when we preview it and all that kind of stuff, and what we're going to be watching, but I, I think, the thing that just slaps me right in the face is why does Husker football ever, why do they even consider accommodating softball and Husker baseball? They're the Nebraska football is the cash cow. That's not a good time. I believe for Husker fans to go to it. You know, it's, it's, it's a game you bring your family to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a family event and it'll be a special one, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in April, but why I don't get it. Husker football is the cash cow for the entire, they, they, uh, they were were responsible for a $50 million surplus, just the football program. And then you look at men's basketball and volleyball, they generated less than $6,600 in revenue. Why on God's green earth would you, you know, it should be played at one o'clock. They're most of them are one, two o'clock, whatever. Right. And I just, I don't get it. I think it's, I think it's kind of a slap in the face to Husker football. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm not seeing it, but I, I think it makes no sense. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I think maybe they're thinking, okay, like they know how dedicated this fan base is that maybe they're saying, well, if we move it up two hours, they'll still come because it's Nebraska football and, and they'll still make the drive down and they don't, it's not really that big of a deal. They'll just fly in the night before or whatever, if they're coming from out of, out of town or 
whatever's going on. But um, yeah, I I think it's it's not a huge deal. I can understand what your thoughts on that uh, your thoughts on that, Grandpa. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just that I. I haven't been to as many spring games. Haven't followed what time the spring game is uh, as much, but um, I don't think it's a huge setback. I can understand um, how it would seem like a slap in the face, but I don't know. I can. It, it's it's not really a huge one, I don't think. And I think they know that people will still show up. They'll still make way more money off the Nebraska spring game than they will off of either of the baseball games or either of the baseball or the softball game played later that day. I'm sure, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, new recruit wise rule has offered another scholarship to a high school player. Uh, his name's Carter Nielsen, not to be confused with Carter Nelson. They just added an extra I into his name. Um, and he's six, seven, two seventy five from Waterloo, Iowa. He's an offensive <laughs> lineman. Uh, that is huge, uh, for a high school kid. And, uh, and that's another recruit from Iowa. He's a class of 2027 recruits. So that will be what, let's see. So that would be, he is now a sophomore in high school. Is that, that right? Is, yeah. That's wow. That's pretty crazy. I offered that pretty early. He also um, is recruiting a uh, junior in the class of 2025 prospect from Stanton, Nebraska. He plays eight man football. His name is Ren Brown. He's six six two seventy five as well. Uh, he's an offensive lineman. Also, uh, junior day was last week, I believe, or this yeah. this it was both, last both. weekend. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, it was last week. Uh, Nebraska hosted over two dozen recruits. Uh, they had another smaller group of juniors this weekend. So the recruiting process starts all over again, and and we got to learn all the new names of people. There's not going to be a Dylan Royal in this class uh, <laughs> that we that we can that we can look at. But uh, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on those two guys that that we've named there, Grandpa, and then also kind of the recruiting process starting over again? I would just hate to be his parents and have to feed. Or those two kids. Oh, geez. <laughs> imagine. I mean, you'd have to have, you have to live next door to Costco and just have a conveyor belt that comes into your house. Uh, I, I don't know how. I'm, I'm I'm sure they'll be glad when their kid gets a scholarship and and moves out and uh, oh, totally. gets on somebody else's feed bag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you, yeah, you know, it just it just shows what uh, what Matt Rule and his staff are doing. They're recruiting. Uh, Really, probably every day, I'm sure they're they're focusing, oh, yeah. on, if not uh, physical contact, at least text messages and Facebook and whatever else. They're they're keeping in contact to keep these kids. Uh, uh, hopefully, they'll come to Nebraska. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'm excited. These things, these players right now don't make a whole lot of. They're not important to us right now because a they're not here. B, you don't know how they're going to pan out once they do get here, and that's that's fine. But it's it is kind of exciting that there are kids out there of that size, and uh, they can grow into that. If if if, uh, if the guy is six six and two seventy five, he's probably capable of you know at three fifteen, three twenty, something like that. And that's that's like an area code. So yeah, you know, we'll keep them coming. Yeah, definitely the pipeline. Uh, still definitely open, and as you were saying, Matt Rule still recruiting there. So, all right, let's talk some basketball now. Uh, we'll start with the men's. Another up and down week for the men's team. One and one this week started with a uh, pretty dominating win against Ohio State, eighty-three to sixty-nine at home at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, Reg Mast had thirty-four points. Oh. He shot fifty-one, f- nearly fifty-two percent from three-point range. 
Uh, he was basically the Huskers' entire offense. It was really crazy to watch. Um, and then the low, we got blown out yesterday uh, at Maryland, 73-51. to 51. Uh, that puts Nebraska at 15 and six on the year and five and five in conference. Uh, they're thir- Nebraska's 13 and one at home and one and five away. That is a problem and something that Fred Hoiberg has addressed uh, in press conferences, but it hasn't really got fixed. I don't know what that is that they can't seem to play on the road. That one road win, I assume, is uh, or sorry, that one road win is Kansas State, uh, which is a pretty yeah. darn good road win to get. Yeah, but. Uh, Still, the fact that it's just one versus and 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 that's out of conference as well. The if the five right. conference losses Nebraska has are away games, so yeah. that's not great. Positive side though, this is Nebraska's best start through twenty games in thirty three years. Yep. <laughs> so I I assure Freddie Hoiberg is going to get a, a some sort of benefit financially for that. Uh, and then as we noted last week, we we're hoping Juwan Gary would maybe get would maybe get back. This week, he's not in the lineups for either of the games this week. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. Um, and the next game for the Huskers is coming up February 1st uh, at home. So hopefully, another win against a good Wisconsin team, uh, 7.30 Central Time, 8.30 Eastern on Big Ten Network. Uh, Grandpa, your thoughts on this week in Husker men's basketball and then upcoming schedule stuff? Yeah, just uh, too bad they can't play every game at PBA. That would be... <laughs> yeah, awesome. no kidding. Yeah, if we host the NCAA tournament at PBA, Nebraska might win the entire thing. But, I, you know, Juwan Gary, is he a superstar? No, but he's he's kind of the backbone of that team. So when he gets back, hopefully we can win a couple of road games and, and take care. Yeah. You got you to gotta win at home. And the only blemish they have at home is uh, Creighton, and they got yep. blown out 89 to 60, which is, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're – you know, 29 points difference between those two teams. Oh, no, definitely not. And I'm a big Creighton fan. So, uh, but anyhow, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think when Gary gets back, I think things are going to, you know, be a lot better for the Husker men's basketball. Yeah, I would agree as well. And uh, it, I, I just checked the uh, projected bracket on ESPN. Nebraska's still a number nine seed. Um, th- that doesn't take into account the Maryland game from yesterday, but I don't think they'll move that much. Purdue still the top overall seed, so that still is really helping Nebraska yeah. to have that win against Purdue. Um, Illinois lost on Wednesday, so that's big against nor- a Northwestern team that Nebraska beat. Um, and so uh, I believe Nebraska plays uh, Illinois coming up here in a little bit. I could be wrong about that, but um, <clears throat> that that was pretty big as well. So we'll see when it comes to Nebraska basketball. As I said, Wisconsin at home, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern on Big Ten Network. I'll be watching that one, seeing if Nebraska can get a a good home win against Wisconsin, who I don't think is a terrible team, but they're definitely not where they uh, usually are. Uh, let's move on to the women's team. Um, as we said, they're gonna they played number five Iowa at Ooh. Iowa. Ooh. Caitlin Clark had thirty eight points, twenty eight coming in the second half. Uh, so I, I mean, I'd still take it kind of as a win that Nebraska held her to only ten points in the first half. But I mean, holy cow, she's going to be a superstar someday for some WNBA team, and 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 she's really really entertaining to watch. So um, Nebraska did close to eleven in the fourth quarter though, but ended up losing ninety 
two to seventy three uh, to Iowa. Of course, they're going to get the rematch with them at Pinnacle Bank Arena yep. Sunday, February eleventh at noon. So that is Super Bowl Sunday, I believe. Um, so uh, next up, though, is Purdue uh, at home. Uh, Wednesday, January 31st at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Big Ten Network Plus. So that was not going to be on uh, relevant television. Um, Britt Prince update. They lost to Class B Waverly by 10, 58 to 48. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Britt Prince still had 23 points in a loss, which is pretty darn good. This is Elkhorn North's first loss in 420 days. That is absurd. It is. <laughs> that, it is. So, uh, I mean, it sucks for them that they lost. I'm sure they'll still win the Class B title. Uh, my guess is they'll probably play Waverly again, but we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, when it comes to the uh, college side of it, Grandpa, we'll talk that first, and then, we can, and then you can talk Burt Prince for a second since you've probably, you probably watched some of that game or at least read more about that than I did. Um, what are your thoughts on this Iowa game? Uh, and then going forward, I should say the, the women's team record right now, 13 and seven overall, five and four in conference. I, I forget what they, I believe they're an 11 seed right now in the projected bracket. I could be wrong about that, but they're definitely in there um, in, in the mix. They still, there's still a lot of games left to play, but what are your thoughts uh, here, grandpa, when it comes to the women's team? Uh, Nebraska didn't play. Uh, they played well in spots there. Uh they were actually leading Iowa in the first half, which I thought was, uh, that's another minor miracle. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're down a player. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what Britt Prince will do to this program next year. I mean, she's going to be a freshman and then there's a huge leap from class B high school football to division one, uh, you know, basketball. Uh, so, but I think she's going to have an immediate impact, and I've said that, and I will continue to say that. I've seen her play in person several times, and she is, is – I've never seen anything like that. She makes she makes playing basketball look so easy, and, it, of course, it isn't – not when you reach her level of, of performance. And she does that consistently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that will be huge coming in next year uh, as far as the rest of the season goes. Of course, next up, Purdue – for the women's team, Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, so we'll talk about both the Purdue game for the women's team and then the Wisconsin game for the men's team coming up next week. We'll break down kind of those games uh, and then what it means for the rest of the season uh, outlook. Let's talk some Besabale when it comes to Nebraska. Uh, season starts in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life. Field, which is the home of the Texas Rangers. Uh, they're playing Baylor at 11 a.m. Central Time, I believe, as well. Uh, there are 25 new players to the team of the 42 in total. Uh, we got a freshman pitcher, uh, Carson uh, Jassa. Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out yeah. this season. Um, uh, Will Bolt said this is probably the best, uh, the, the best young pitchers he's had at Nebraska. Uh, which is a good sign coming up here. Uh, and then for the women's team, of course, we talked about this. This was a, this seems like old news now when it really wasn't that. It was probably around this time that we were talking about it. Uh, but Jordy Ball is, uh, is on the USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year watch list. She transferred into Nebraska. Uh, she has a career 0 0.99 ERA and a three in a, in a 0.35 that's, that's batting insane. average. That's, <laughs> that's like Shohei Otani numbers. That's crazy. It is. Um, it is. 
Yeah, she she combined uh, her her career record at Oklahoma is forty four and two. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, man, uh, they're going to be adding a bunch of seats to the to these games because of Jordy Ball uh, and, and just her ability to both pitch and hit. Uh, hopefully, the softball team will be back to maybe get past that regional hump, get onto a super regional, maybe carry it all the way to a women's college world series. We'll see. Oh, but, that'd uh, be awesome. That would be uh, just awesome. That would be great. Um, so there's kind of the outlook for those two teams. Grandpa, what are your thoughts briefly on Husker baseball and then and then Husker softball? Well, we'll, we'll be getting into more baseball uh, as the season, you know, actually begins. Um, so we got plenty of time. That's a, I think they have a 56-game schedule. I, oh geez, yeah, yeah, that probably sounds right. Yeah. So we got a ton of things to talk. We will have a ton of things to talk about in, in the world of baseball. I just, I mean, it would be awesome. We always think, okay, Omaha in June, uh, College World Series. You, you weren't, uh, you weren't a, a, alive yet. Uh, but uh, what when that when that the first time that 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 happened, that that Nebraska went to the it was it was an unbelievable sense of joy and uh, it's is it where nebraska football was no but it's boy it's really darn close and uh this thing if they can get that far maybe that's premature we we were talking about college world series when the you know three weeks away from the start of the season so we'll see what happens but uh, i i trust will bolt and and uh i i trust uh I trust the the uh, just the, the uh, plan that they've had in place all these years, and Will Bolt was a part of that uh, College World Series, uh, you know, uh, trip to uh, to that uh, Nebraska had. So he knows he knows what it takes. He knows he's been there. So it's it's going to be exciting. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and as you said, yeah, we can speculate all we want about oh the the season's going to be great, we're going to end up with this, but there's 56 games, anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, so and and as we saw, Nebraska beat um, some pretty good teams at the beginning of the season, then really fell off at the end of the season and wasn't able to get where we'd hoped they were able to uh, hopefully get. Um, when it comes to softball, same thing goes with Jordy Ball. Uh, but we'll see. It'll be fun to watch these two teams. And it, I just really want to credit Charles Alberts again for he has all the right guys in the right spots. And he just needs, there just needs to be a little bit of time and then getting a, a few lucky breaks and maybe a couple players. And, uh, and, and all these Nebraska teams could be championship contenders year after year, because as soon as you get there once and it's not a fluke uh, and, and players can see that you're building it, you, you built it then more players will want to come and, and, and join that program that'll just build championship contenders. So uh, Trev Albers is doing a great job with that. Uh, we got a little bit of Husker volleyball news. Uh, talked to, we've been talking about Allie Batenhorst for the past couple of episodes, past couple of weeks here. Um, and she's announced where she's transferring to. She's going to play her senior year for USC, um, which uh, she'll play for Nebraska during this uh, beach volleyball season. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know why USC. We were thinking maybe she'd go to Texas because uh, that's where 
she grew up. She grew up in Houston, uh, but her parents are from Nebraska. Her grandparents are from Nebraska. Uh, it, it just seemed like everything was there, and I think that maybe she just had to move out because of Taylor Landfair coming in, uh, who we talked about her transfer last uh, last episode. So um, always sad to see her go. Definitely be following USC a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know why she went out there specifically. Um, I, they're, they don't have a great volleyball team as far as I am concerned, but, uh, it's definitely, I mean, the weather's nice, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if she's trying to pursue some kind of career that she can do better without there, but we'll see. Uh, definitely be watching USC more. Your, your thoughts on Allie Batenhorst announcing where she's transferring to grandpa. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Southern Cal is now in the big 10 or it will yeah. be in a couple of months. So she'll be. I, I haven't checked, and I don't think the schedule has been released yet, volleyball-wise. Uh, but she might very well be coming to the uh, the Devaney Center and playing against her old teammates. Uh, I yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, Southern Cal has a lot of. She's a very attractive young lady. She maybe would be able to get, you know, something contacts out there that you wouldn't get maybe anywhere else in the country. I don't maybe. know. Maybe that's a good point. Um, but, uh, well, we wish her the best and we had a lot of fun watching her play for Nebraska and we'll have a lot of fun watching her play for USC unless they do play Nebraska, then we'll cheer against USC, but probably not against Dally. Um, but anyway, uh, let's wrap it up with a quick NFL playoff picks. Uh, when it comes to the conference championship games are today starting in about 20 ish minutes here. Um, so first game AFC championship, Kansas City against the Baltimore Kansas City Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens. Grandpa, who are you going with in this one? I can probably guess it's going to be the Chiefs, but <laughs> yeah, Kansas City. And I think, ironically, I think it's going to be their defense is going to be the difference in this game. I, I didn't have a real good feel going into Buffalo, but they showed. I mean, they they took the defense took over that game in the second half. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. In the first half, Josh Allen was running. Freely, I mean, he just – it looked like no one – I said, man, if they can't stop these guys, they were running right through Kansas City's defense. And then uh, Spagnoli makes some changes and they come out. And yeah, I, I don't know what the, the rushing totals for Josh uh, – I don't know what they were in the second half as opposed to the first half, but it, it'd be I, – I know he wasn't – he didn't have the yards in the second half that he had in the first yeah, definitely. Uh, as for me, I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one. I think the Ravens are kind of inevitable and have been playing really well all season. Uh, John Harbaugh, or sorry, yeah, yeah, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's brother is their coach, has the same drive and passion for football that his brother shares. Um, and I, I just think that they have the better offense uh, and maybe the better defense as well. But it, 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 they haven't really been tested in the playoffs yet. The Texans weren't really a test. The Chiefs definitely will be. The Chiefs are very driven. Andy Reid knows how to get his team ready for these big games. So it'll be a fun game. I think both these games will be really fun. Uh, NFC Championship game real quick here, Grandpa. 49ers against the Lions. Who you got in this one? I like the Niners at home. Brock uh, Purdy is beat up a little bit. I think he had hurt his hand, his throwing hand. And so that's the only thing that's kind of questionable there. Um, I I would be rooting for Detroit, I believe. Jared Goff uh, was a uh, quarterback for the Rams, and that's my another favorite team of mine. So uh, yeah, I'll go with the Niners, though. 
Yeah, I could see the Niners winning this as well. And I think they're kind of vulnerable right now as the, just the way they played against Green Bay last week and kind of, as you said, Brock Purdy's hands dinged up. I don't think that'll matter too much. Brock Purdy did, as a reminder, get injured in the NFC Championship game last year, and the 49ers lost that game against the Eagles. Um, so does that have some kind of repercussions, also kind of like something like that? Who knows? Uh, but I'm going to go with the Lions in this one, actually. I think that they're the more driven team. They want it more. Uh, and they just they have the offense. Their defense has started clicking. They're playing better, uh, and it just is something that it, it feels kind of like a Lions team of destiny in a way is what I've been hearing and, and kind of starting believing just watching them on the field. So, um, But we will talk Super Bowl stuff next week. Uh, we'll talk the re- ends of those games. We'll talk everything basketball, more football news. Um, if any other random coaching stuff goes down, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about baseball and softball. I don't know how much more there is to say. Uh, probably should start thinking about spring game, that kind of stuff, uh, and, and looking up some of these recruits. But we will definitely be back with a lot more to talk about next week. Uh, as a reminder, thank you – or sorry, not as a reminder, as a thank you from us. Thank you so much for downloading, listening all the way through this episode. It means a lot to us. Uh, if you could share this episode with your friends, your enemies, anybody, helps us, helps people find the show. Uh, It helps grow the community that has really been growing, and we've seen that. So thank you guys for that, Um, and we'll talk to you next week. As a reminder, you can email us at hbthpodcast at protonmail.com or huskerdan at cox.net. As for us, we'll talk to you guys next week with all the more Husker sports news and other random football, college football news, everything you've come to expect from the duo that is Will Miller from Chesco and Husker Dan. So That is so long from us, and we will talk to you guys next week. And as always, go Big Red!